into overthinking it, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. This is our TV recap for Community, Season 5, Episode 4, Comparative Polygraphy. I'm pronouncing it to rhyme with calligraphy and not as, you know, polygraphy, uh, though you can make an argument for that as well. Uh, I am toasting the death of Pierce Hawthorne, Jeff Winger style, with a, uh, a fine single malt scotch and a gigantic ice cube in my glass. With me are Ben Adams. Hello, sir. Benjamin Franklin Adams, ready to deal truth here. <laughs> truth. And uh, Mark Lee. Seems to me you lived your life like a hawthorn in the wind. Um, and uh, for those of you who are listening to the audio version, we're swaying back and forth and holding our scotch in the air like uh, a lighter. So before we get into the episode, it just so happens that Ben published an article on overthinking it this very week about TV comedy uh, and about change characters changing. And it seems to um, it seems to bear on the discussion that we want to have tonight. So, uh, Ben, do, w- would you mind recapping uh, your article and saying what what exactly your, your thesis was about TV comedy? Sure. I was talking about specifically art, two shows that I watch other than Community, Archer, uh, the animated show on FX, and How I Met Your Mother, which I've been a fan of for all nine seasons. And the, both of them this year have undergone what I call a reinvention, and they use that word deliberately to kind of contrast with some of the other words we might use, but they've both undergone a major change in the way they tell the story. Archer was a spy comedy, and now apparently they're going to be like starting their own drug cartel and and or country music career. Uh, So it's a big big dog leg left for the show. Um, And then How I Met Your Mother, not quite as big a shift, because it's still about, you know, a bunch of 30-somethings in the city finding love. But it, it, they're, they've kind of gone to a 24-style format where every episode is like one hour or two hours of a particular weekend um, in all the characters' lives. And so it's a big reinvention. And my basic thesis was that the, the shows did this to avoid becoming stale, that sitcoms are all about just kind of putting characters in different situations and watching them bounce off each other, and that the traditional format can get kind of stale, and so that's why you need this reinvention. Um, but, but I think the biggest part of it was that the one constant in a comedy most often is the characters that w- what you sign up for in a comedy is the characters and you're kind of, the rest as like Archer and how I met your mother. And I think community as we'll probably get into community proves the rest of it, all the trappings, the setting, the plot, the, what the characters do week to week is far less important than like, are these people interesting to hang out with week to week? Um, and so that's why you can take a spy show and move it into a whole nother setting. And it'd probably still be very entertaining because we like the characters. You know, I've heard it said about about podcasts that you that the audience come for the subject matter and then they stay for the voice or the camaraderie or the sort of unique point of view. And it's something uh, it's something similar. You may come for the plot, but you stay in order to hang out with you know, with the people you like, even when they are, uh, like, as in community, so unpleasant, or as in Arrested Development, or as in a lot, you know, a lot of uh, comedies that I like, the characters are sort of, uh, are sort of unpleasant, though there is something in community, um, in that Dan Harmon story circle, the emphasis on, like, rejoining, coming back to where you were, but having paid a heavy price 
right? You you back to the the default state at the outset of every episode. It adds an element of sadness uh, to that that it seems to me that the Dan Harmon community has never been afraid to hit, like sadness or melancholy or even a certain kind of sentimentality uh, that the sh- that is part of the show, and that that doesn't strike me as a uh, detriment to it, you know, that, that I don't mind, right? I, the thing I don't think about community was, wow, the show would be better if it were more cruel. <laughs> I mean, it's it, the, that sadness, the cyclical sadness of it has always struck me as a little bit at odds with um, what I've always thought is one of the essential themes of the show, which is that um, this crappy community college that they go to gives all the characters a chance to improve their lives and to make themselves better. Um, and so whenever I'm reminded that you know, these characters um, in some ways haven't improved their lives and are still kind of uh, craven people, um, I, I'm just, it it, 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 it it gives me feels, man. It gives me the feels, you know? And so I'm still trying to process what it is that we saw in our episode of Community. I think this is the time to sort of, uh, you know, bring in the events of this last episode, right? In terms of, uh, Pierce's death brings the study group back together, and just like old times, um, well, through the plot device of the lie detector, um, they are uh, you know, bickering with each other. They're accusing each other of things. Um, their secrets, uh, their secret sins, have come out into the open, um, and then they openly acknowledge that they haven't gotten better. They haven't improved themselves, um, and that they are no better or no worse than Pierce Hawthorne. The sort of the um, the cantankerous um, old man, uh, they're no better than him at all. So yeah, he, oh. One thing that I think is interesting about an episode like this is it reveals that I feel like a lot of times the community sort of doesn't hide the ball, but all, all the really bad stuff that came out in this episode, the whole point is that it was hidden. It was a lie that we didn't know about that all this bad stuff. I have a feeling we would be much less interested in watching the version of Community where all of this bad stuff that these characters are apparently doing in the background was front and center. Like, if there was an episode all about Abed planting these trackers on people and, like, the, the various terrible... That one might be kind of zany, but the other things that are kind of, like, bad things that these people are doing, if we saw that on camera instead of the kind of the resolution that coming back to, to goodness that we see in the episode, it might be less of an appealing sitcom. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be awful, right? Because it's, um, I don't know. I think the idea is that these, these things, it's really about sort of selfishness, right? All these sins are sort of sins about sort of selfishness or about self-centeredness and, and, uh, uh, privileging self at the expense of the, well, of the, community right and so um this is uh yeah yeah i mean you wouldn't want you wouldn't want like though i guess you could do it it would be like a jeff episode a brita episode a but they're 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 all sort of they're all sort of group episodes this one also by the way was a bottle episode and they i felt thought they dealt with it pretty elegantly um what do you mean by that bottle episode it doesn't. Uh, it's it's one set, and and it's not a location. It's the set that they already have, um, have built. Uh, the community made fun of bottle episodes. It's a budget controlling uh, mechanism on sitcoms. 
um, on television shows, right, where you can shoot in the one studio set that you have standing already. You don't have to build new sets. You don't have to get anything out of storage. You don't have to go on location. Uh, And we've mentioned on this recap before that this season of Community is operating on an even lower budget than previous seasons of Community, which are already pretty budget. But I thought that, like, uh, the the thing that, that... that Ben brings up, I think, is an interesting point that, like, there is an episode of, there's an imaginary episode where Abed plants the trackers, <laughs> you know? Like, like, you can't help but but thinking about that. And it's it's kind of like, it sort of reminds me of the Simpsons in the, in the way that they can sort of do anything in animation. It reminds me of sort of animated animated shows where you're, oh, you're on a plane, oh, you're on top of the world, or I guess Family Guy actually really does it uh, a whole heck of a lot. Um, where they just do, you know, they do the sight gags and, and cutaways to all kinds of, of ridiculous scenarios. Here, it's very verbal, but uh, it's all, you know, it's all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous scenarios. And uh, you can sort of see, you can sort of see those episodes. And it, it was an interesting technique of kind of like taking you out of the bottle episode so that you, so that I didn't notice or sort of feel confined um, by the fact that they were... Uh, and really not leaving this this one set for the uh, for the whole episode. Um, and they uh, it's what uh, it's something that they hung a lantern on in the uh, in the episode where Annie loses her pen. Um, and Abbott says, oh, we're doing a bottle episode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they're they're uh, they're stuck with it. But this one is not this one. Uh, I don't know, doesn't quite have the, the confined feeling or it's it's handled in an elegant way, in a way that's that's so elegant as to kind of uh, make you make you not see it. Yeah. So let me um, I want to talk about uh, th- this idea that, you know, the, the group is once again, you uh, incriminating each other and just in this circle of vicious circle of, of accusations and, and hurt feelings and things like that. We've definitely seen that sort of thing in many episodes of community before and often instigated by Pierce, something bad that Pierce does and just sort of him uh, stoking the, um, uh, the resentment of, of the other characters. Um, so in that sense, it is certainly a return to where we've been before. Um, but I think with the death of Pierce, this is, meant to be an opportunity to both come back to where we were before and also move past all those things just in, in the same time that we are moving past uh, the presence of Pierce on the show. You get that sense of progress as well? Well, I think this is teeing up Donald Glover's leaving. So it's definitely, yeah, well, I, too, yeah. there's, there's definitely, I mean, it's funny that it's an episode about, about everyone kind of staying the same or about sort of being the person that you always were. Uh, because it's actually heralding a big, it's heralding a big change, uh, you know, in the show that is a permanent change. It has that is a sort of out of game <laughs> kind of change. You know, it's it's sort of extrinsic to the uh, um, to the the fictional world of the show, but uh, it's something that's that's um, going to happen and is going to mark her like a really big kind of terminal point. Yeah. Do, do you all remember the specific? Uh, Troy and Pierce dynamic from earlier that sets this up. I mean, it's a long time ago. I mean, we watched a lot of the older episodes, but I don't have a great memory of the time that Troy lived with Pierce. Because that's clearly why uh, 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 Pierce is leaving his fortune with Troy. I think the dynamic was always, it was, I think it was one of those things where it was good, like over the summer when they weren't with the group, but then it soured somewhat when they came back. Because I think it was between the first and the second season is between seasons that 
Troy moved in with Pierce and was like there over the summer. And then they all came back and revealed what was going on. And then, uh, right. And, and you'll recall that, um, Pierce was really hurt, uh, when Troy moved in with Abed and at the housewarming party, that's the, the basis of the multiple timelines episode. Um, he, you know, brought the troll doll, <laughs> uh, which was, you know, horrifying and, um, which caused terrible havoc, uh, in the, uh, in, in one of the timelines, the darkest timeline, I think. Well, in all of them, but, but most especially in the darkest. So we talk about, um, nah. I want to talk about religion in this, in this episode, um, because, uh, well, there's the obvious um, nod to uh, Pierce's kooky religion. Uh, was it Reform Zen Buddhism? I think it's laser, um, la- the laser lotus religion. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something it's kooky like that. Clearly, like a a commentary on Scientology and um, Shirley's Christianity comes up, and and, and um, to some extent, um, Andy's Judaism come comes up as well. Um, but perhaps more importantly, um, there's this idea of confessing your sins, um, maybe not to God, but to each other in this episode um, that I thought in some ways dovetailed with uh, the broader sense of, of of death and reconciling with each other. I don't know what you guys thought about that. That's right. That's right. You heard it here on Overthinking It First. Dan Harmon, like Shakespeare, is a crypto-Catholic and, uh, you know, does all kinds <laughs> well, of confession. Yeah, speaking, of, speaking of crypto-Catholicism, I will admit that I tried to map the seven deadly sins of Christianity to the different things that the characters did. I don't think it really works out, but um, I'm glad that I tried. Did same. you did you get tripped up by Troy's admission that he'd never been to Legoland? <laughs> um, I mean, no, it's, it's what we were talking about before. They're really all sort of sins of selfishness um, and uh, greed in different ways. I mean, I guess you could map uh, Jeff to... Uh, to lust, sort of. It doesn't really exactly work, so it, it falls apart in that way. But um, the, the, in the Catholicism, at least, um, there is this idea that confessing um, is a powerful act that um, liberates you from your sins, right? You sort of um, literally and metaphorically uh, get it off of your chest. And, and the Catholic, the Catholic idea also is sacramental, right? Like it, it involves uh, an actual physical sign, an actual real thing in the world that you do. It's not like you meditate and think and come to a point of like reconciliation with God. It's that you actually go to a place, sit in a chair and say something to a guy, right? And in that very specific interaction, uh, it sort of happens. And I think community is like that also in that it sort of has to be it in that it kind of creates, it creates an occasion and sort of create and sort of puts an interlocutor um, who does have a kind of like ghostly or sort of ministerial right demeanor, uh, Walton Goggins, uh, you know, walking around, but it creates, it creates an occasion. It creates a little ritual yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. has to undergo the ritual Um you know, I don't know, rather than rather than it being uh, a little more abstract or a little more yeah. um, it, a little more of an internal process. The, uh, the... When you started talking about a godlike interlocutor, I thought you were going to say that was like Dan Harmon. Essentially. <laughs> well, I guess it's not, not Dan Harmon, right? The, the, yeah, well, 
Sure. I mean, a couple, uh, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about this sort of harmonization of all community commentary where it becomes about, <laughs> right, it becomes about Dan Harmon and like whether he's getting screwed over business wise and like why no one appreciates him and what a genius uh, he is. And sort of that becomes a way of, uh, that becomes a way of, a way into the episode and also a way I think of kind of not getting into the episode. And I, I suppose there's no way of, of uh, uh, avoiding it. Like I said before, Pete Fenzel has pointed out that, that Dan Harmon is in the ravioli. So why should he not be in the recaps um, as well? But like uh, it definitely. When I watch it, that, that it is, the show is an expression of one. Uh, this show is an expression of a very specific sensibility. Right. And that, like, uh, more so than than anything else, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we talked about we talked about uh, a, um, uh, and I won't spoil it, but we talked about a bit of a shocking plot twist, shocking plot twist, on Downton Abbey uh, in the last Downton Abbey recap. And there definitely was a sense of like, well, why God, why must you do this to my my sweet favorite character? Uh, and and you definitely get this the sense that like um, you know uh, Dan Dan Harmon intercedes right <laughs> in <laughs> in the plot uh, on behalf of the uh, on behalf of the characters or on behalf of us with the, to mess around with the characters. Well, that that actually it's a point that I mentioned in my post this week that that's the possible difference between serialized drama and serialized comedy is that Dan Harmon has this idea that the second to last step is the characters undergo it, that they go through this trial. And then the last step is that they come back having learned something in a drama. You can't go back. Like in a, the, the big plot twist on Downset is definitely something that like, there's no getting back to that. There's no Jeff Winger speech. That's going to like resolve that problem and reset for next week because that's what a serialized drama is all about. It's about moving on to the next thing. Whereas a comedy is more about there, there's change, but it all kind of needs to cycle back to where you started. Right. Um, comedy, you know, I don't know. I, I was in a, a class in college about Shakespearean comedy or about Renaissance comedy more generally, I guess. And, and yeah, the idea is that it's sort of, it sort of comes back a lot of it to the, to, to, well, to butt stuff, to, um, <laughs> to the basic experiences of the body of, you know, eating and pooping and, and, he's legally married to and uh <laughs> right and the um the uh those things are common you know and it's a it's an essentially conservative vision because it it's not it doesn't improve right like it doesn't get better you know i poop doesn't smell better over the course of time right there's no state of enlightenment um that improves poop uh as regards butt stuff but uh, uh, you know, but it, that it it really it really is sort of about these these sort of these physical uh, experiences, um, and it's it's a kind of feast uh, or a sort of festival of physical experiences. Whereas there is a, a much more kind of I I don't even know what to call it. There's a more sort of entropic flow, right? To uh, 
to drama where that that is to say things things break that time's arrow sort of flows one way right things things break you can't unshatter the glass once it's uh once it's fallen on the floor um in uh in a drama and uh you know even even contra you know the the highly episodic uh drama series like like law and order um I don't know. We're seeing less and less of those and more of the sort of prestige television model, 13 episode hour long series where you can, where it really, uh, it really progresses across the course of the season and, and things, um, things change. The thing I'd like to say, if I can change the subject a little bit back to what Mark was talking about, about religion is that this show is unique um, to me in that the characters have religions and they're like part of them and part of, part of what they talk about uh, in a more moderate way, in a more, what strikes me as a more everyday way, rather, rather than like on a lot of shows, there's like one religious character and that character is, you know, spitting fire and brimstone uh, all together all the time. But, you know, Annie is Jewish and she talks about it and, and uh, you know, may not be all that observant, but it's sort of part of who she is. Um, Shirley uh, has her Christianity. They've talked about um, uh, Troy being a Jehovah's Witness, uh, you know, and 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 on and on and, and pierce is a scientologist right and like the all the stuff about levels is meant and to don't forget to, uh, uh, abed's um abed is a muslim right yeah right um so the uh and i think that may be autobiographical from danny pudi who is is uh half polish um but whose whose family members of his family are muslim i think i re- think i remember an interview where he talked about that um that this is part of people, right? Like, and this is this is part of their lives. And Shirley goes to church, and you know, it's a whole it's a whole thing, um, very realistic. I mean, I can't think of another show where where just where religion in an everyday sense is sort of part of characters' lives uh, in the way that it is in community. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I, I've seen How I Met Your Mother in and out a little bit, but like maybe that's like. I, I sort of I looked at how I met your mother as a very much like a um, a straight up middle of the road kind of comedy that is trying to appeal to a, a very broad audience um, and is not trying to do something quite as avant garde as uh, as community, but still is, um, you know, trying to push an envelope a little bit in its own way. So I don't know, Ben, like, you know, the, I do know that. Um, how I Met Your Mother, it's it, it's around a wedding right now, right? Is there any religious significance to this wedding and How I Met Your Mother? None at all. I mean, it definitely fits into the mold of what Matt was talking about, where the, it's it's not anti-religious or it's just a-religious. The, I mean, the, there was one scene played for laughs with the pastor who was, like, very, very strict. The, the pastor in the church that they wanted to get married in was, like, very, very strict and so they've been kind of lying about how often they go to church and things like this so they can get into this this church. Um, and I guess one of the, the characters, uh, stepfather, or uh, hard to explain, but one of the characters' father is, is a pastor. But it's it's fairly uh, um, 
it's not played in the same way of community where it's just these are religious characters that are living side by side and occasionally religion pops up uh, kind of in this it, more in a realistic way of it just pops up day to day but not it, it's not just pastors that have religion because definitely in how i met your brother the only religious characters we've ever met are true pastors or that's what their defining characteristic is though though i i dispute your your categorization of how i met your mother straight down the middle just because of the the way it plays with storytelling tropes. Um, it, do, it does a lot of different fun things with um, story. Like Monday's episode actually could have been straight out of community because it was essentially a, I don't know, a Kill Bill parody of like learning martial arts. Um, but that said, this is a community podcast. So we can talk about community. <laughs> <laughs> we, can do that. we can do that. How I Met Your Mother recaps on a, yeah. on a different day. Um, yeah. Uh, any meta casting? I don't know if you guys are Shield fans or are Justified fans. I like Justified. It's back for uh, season five. I enjoy it. It's like uh, the Shield as opposed to um, Agents of Shield. Sorry, that's what I've been watching recently. <laughs> oh yeah, I know yeah, those yeah. are two slightly different shows, right? Just right. a little different. Yeah, uh, one pretty good. Yeah, yeah pretty clearly <laughs> superior. Um, I don't know if you guys are the. Shield fans, but do you think there's any meta casting going on with uh, with Walton Goggins here? He he very often plays a good old boy, and uh, seeing him seeing him as a lawyer, seeing him in one of these like professional roles, uh, ra- rather than you know being a uh, being a a you know poop kicking uh, good old boy in Kentucky or um, Shane on the Shane on the Shield. Uh, who's kind of a wild man, right? Like uh, seeing this is, um, I don't know. It's a, it's sort of a departure for him. I thought, I thought he did it, thought he did it very well. He was very subdued, but there's something about him where there's a sense of, of kind of like foreboding, uh, you know, or kind of, of, of lingering menace uh, that, that I find, I don't know if you find as well. I just, for some reason thought he was the guy from Iron Man two the whole time. And he's clearly not. So any metacasting was lost on me. <laughs> I mean, but just like the, the, that's the great thing about metacasting though, right? It's like, it, it can work and it, it adds something for the people who, who get it. And it still works for those who don't. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, the, um, the existence of the Breaking Bad character, right? Um, the, the new teacher that they've added for this season, um, certainly plays well for those who know Breaking Bad. Um, but still works for those who don't. Uh, which reminds me, by the way, um, to get, bring it back to, uh, to Pierce Hawthorne, our dearly departed Pierce Hawthorne. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that his brother did not show up in this episode. I think you'll remember him, right? Um, I was really hoping for a, um, a Giancarlo Esposito uh, a cameo in this so that there could be a real better Breaking Bad moment between him and um, the other guy, the old teacher guy, whose name is, is totally escaping me. Anyone? The name, bad. yeah. Oh, gosh. yeah. Having having John Car. Sorry, he's, he's Mike Airman Trout on Breaking Bad. On Breaking Bad, yeah. If uh, if the Chicken Man and and uh, Mike Airman Trout could uh, could have a and could say to one another, you know, something that they like to say the way that Michael Williams said, you know, that a man's got to have a code. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, unless there are any parting shots, I guess we will uh, leave it there for this recap 
of community. These are fun. I like, uh, I really like this show. And so it's very nice to come together uh, with some friendly people and have some conversation about it. As if we were like a study group, um, <laughs> you know, in a, in a community college learning setting. Does, does anybody have any deep, dark secrets they need to confess to the group? <laughs> Matt, I've been, using, I've been using your Netflix password. <laughs> oh, really? Is that why? Um, no, I don't know. My girlfriend and I don't use separate uh, profiles on Netflix. So, you know. And I oh know you've been trying to give Terminator two stars. And I'm not happy about that. <laughs> not happy. Uh, only Terminator three. Um, that's okay. Good. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I'd say it was a bottle episode, but every episode is a bottle episode. Two, three, four. <laughs> but uh, all right, we'll be back next week with with more community, and we have plans to to expand the study group to sit uh, more people down um, around the table, so we have good things in store for the coming of the the uh, current season of community. Yeah, so thank you very much. We need to have someone to represent all the different set deadly sins, and then it'll eventually expand out to have someone to represent all the different tribes of Israel. Um, the sky's the limit here, you guys. Absolutely. Uh, which was the son of, uh, yeah, never mind. Uh, I was going to do some of the begats, <laughs> some of which I, I learned at one point, but I, I, I don't remember them anymore. Um, but you know what I do remember? Overthinking it. This is where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.